Welcome to Goodfellow Podcasts. This episode is kindly supported by Pharmac. I'm Dr. Louise Kugler and today I'm talking to Dr. Bronwyn Sinclair about urinary tract infections in pregnancy. Bronwyn is an obstetric physician at White Matter District Health Board and National Women's Hospital here in Auckland. She has an interest in the delivery of high-end medical care for both general and obstetric patients at the front end of the hospital and works as an acute care general physician at North Shore Hospital. Welcome, Bronwyn. Thank you. Let's start by discussing why urinary tract infections are more common in pregnant women. In pregnancy, the ureters dilate due to the effect of progesterone and the pressure on the pregnant uterus. And this often leads to ascending urinary tract infections and asymptomatic bacteria, and the effect lasts for around six weeks. When do we test a pregnant woman's urine? What tests should we order and why? So I would generally test for a woman's urine at booking and any time that a woman has any symptoms of a urinary tract infection like pain, dysuria, foul-smelling urine or if she has a fever. Also on urinalysis testing at every midwifery visit, if there was any concern about nitrites or an elevated white count, um, I would test for them and I would always do a midstream urine and a um, culture and sensitivity with that. Bronwyn, what constitutes a significant result or a urinary tract infection? A significant result um, is often reasonably clear, and that's when there is a positive culture with a single organism of more than 10 um, equivalents to the litre, and we would treat. An equivocal result is if there's a mixed culture or a single culture where there's less than 10 to the um, milliequivalent, we would then repeat the test. Let's move on now to treatment. When selecting an antibiotic, what things do we need to consider? Uh, So there's a number of things that we need to consider when selecting an antibiotic. And obviously in pregnancy, the most important thing is um, the gestation. Because there are a number of antibiotics that we can't give in either the first trimester of pregnancy or towards the latter stages of the third trimester. But also, um, it's important um, to know what the culture is, what are the results of previous cultures and what what antibiotics have worked for a woman previously. We also need to know local sensitivities. So we know in South Auckland there's a 50% resistance uh, with moxil in South Auckland, so maybe that would be a drug that we would tend to avoid. Women also uh, may have drug allergies, so not every antibiotic is not going to be appropriate for her. And we also need to um, think about tissue penetration. So if a woman's got a simple urinary tract infection, one antibiotic may be better for her than, say, for example, if she has pyelonephritis. We know that nitrofurantoin is not um, necessarily the best drug to use in pylo, for example. And then we also need to consider side effects and toxicity. Nitrofurantoin, for example, is a very common drug that we use in pregnancy, but for some women it makes them feel very unwell. and It's not necessarily a great drug for compliance because it has to be taken four times a day. We also avoid something like um, augmentin or moxiclav. There's a risk of preterm delivery, and this is from data from the Oracle trial. And obviously we don't use drugs like trimethoprim in the first trimester of pregnancy. Discussing now asymptomatic bacteria, why do we need to worry? So asymptomatic bacteria is is common in around 5% of pregnant women. And if asymptomatic bacteria is not treated, it does predispose a woman to pyelonephritis later in pregnancy. It requires education treatment and appropriate antibiotic treatment for about three to seven days. And then um, I would be tempted to repeat her midstream urines um, every month for the rest of the pregnancy. 
Um, if there's evidence of a high white count in a urine infection, for example, in a urine test, for example, and there's no growth, uh, we would be um, particularly worried about something like a chlamydia infection, and um, I would be screening for STIs in that situation. If a woman has um, has three positive urine cultures in pregnancy, so three three. Um, three episodes of a urine infection, and that is either a, a simple cystitis or pyelonephritis. But three episodes of that, we would treat with prophylactic antibiotics and no further investigation required. Bronwyn, tell us about the significance of Group B Streptococcus. Do we need to worry when this organism appears on an MSU or vaginal swab when a woman is pregnant? So group B strep is significant in pregnancy. And if you have a positive MSU um, with group B strep at any gestation, this is considered significant. As, and it's an indication for using group B strep prophylactic antibiotics in labour. The treatment of group B strep bacteria at the time of positive culture um, is only required um, if the count is more than um, 10 to the um, 8 equivalents per litre, and this, um, these antibiotics will not eliminate colonisation, so you will still require antibiotic treatment in labour. Moving on now to uncomplicated cystitis. What symptoms do women present with, and how do we manage these women? So very common um, symptoms of uncomplicated cystitis in a pregnant woman, or in anyone, for, for example, is dysuria, so pain when they pass water, frequency, urgency, incontinence, and lower back pain. And if a woman presents with these symptoms, we would send a urine for a um, culture and sensitivities and treat empirically. We would ask her to increase our oral fluids and review her again in probably 24 to 48 hours. We would then wait to see what the culture comes back, check the sensitivities and obviously adjust the antibiotic treatment. For her first episode of a, a complicated, uh, an uncomplicated cystitis, we would treat uh, three days for the first episode and second, and in subsequent uh, infections beyond that, we would treat for seven days. Um, if she's got, uh, sorry, we'd give prophylactic antibiotics after three positive urine cultures, and I would also um, be very tempted to do an ultrasound scan and a renal referral if there's any specific abnormality uh, with that ultrasound scan. Pyelonephritis is something that we don't want to miss. Do pregnant women present differently? If so, what are the common symptoms and what should we be looking for on a clinical examination? So I don't necessarily think pyelonephritis presents differently in pregnancy compared to a non-pregnant woman, but the symptoms of pylo are really worrying if a woman has symptoms of systemic infection. So she is very tired, uh, she has, uh, she's febrile, there's nausea or vomiting, there's muscle and joint pains. She may or she may not have um, symptoms of cystitis, so dysuria, frequency, urgency, incontinence, a back or loin pain, and some uterine con um, contractions. The clinical signs of pyelonephritis that worry us are a maternal temperature over 38 degrees centigrade, a maternal heart rate of more than 100 um, beats per minute, and it can be much higher than that as well, um, given the normal physiological changes in pregnancy, and if a woman has loin tenderness. Should we ever treat women with pyelonephritis in the community? I don't believe so. Um, yes, this, pyelonephritis is something you don't want to sit on for a long time or something you want to wait and see. I think these women should be referred. They should be referred to a secondary or tertiary centre like the local hospital and um, investigated with urine cultures, blood cultures, baseline renal tests and treated with IV antibiotics. As GPs, 
We may have to follow up these women. What should we check post-discharge? So I would check that a woman has been compliant with her antibiotics for at least a week, so at least seven days. And then I would probably repeat the midstream urine. And then thereafter, I would repeat the urine every month uh, for the remainder of the pregnancy. And if her pyelonephritis happened to be the third episode of urosepsis in this particular index pregnancy, I would treat with prophylactic antibiotics um, thereafter. Bronwyn, are there any other measures a woman can do to prevent a urinary tract infection? There are a few things that um, that woman can do. So drinking a lot of fluid, keeping well hydrated, I think is really, really important. Uh, when a woman has um, had a bowel motion, wiping her perineal region from the front to the back is always important. Um, I would tend to recommend people void after um, intercourse. And... Uh, Woman can also um, consider the use of D-manos, uh, Ural sachets, uh, cranberry juice, all sorts of things like that. I don't think are harmful and I think they are all probably beneficial um, in some context. And to conclude our podcast today, Bronwyn, what would your top take-home messages be for our listeners? So I think that all pregnant women should have a midstream urine and uh, a culture and sensitivity of booking. So we know right at the beginning of the pregnancy if a woman has an infection or not. I think communication of the treatment of urosepsis and the results should be communicated with the woman's lead maternity carer. So that may well be a private specialist or a midwife. Group B streptococcus, I think, needs to be treated with prophylactic antibiotics and labour. The selection of antibiotic choice in urosepsis depends on the gestation, the local sensitivities and tissue penetration. And the duration depends on indication and clinical response and compliance with treatment is absolutely paramount. I think a follow-up um, MCNS should be done um, post-treatment of a urinary tract infection seven days after her um, treatment for a urinary uh, tract infection and thereafter every four weeks for the remainder of the pregnancy. And if you're ever worried about or suspect pyelonephritis in a pregnant woman, I think this woman, this patient should have a discussion with the on-call service at your local hospital and would require in-hospital treatment. Thank you, Bronwyn. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. If you're a New Zealand GP and would like to claim CPD points for listening to this podcast, fill in the Reflection of Learning form found at goodfellowunit.org. You will also find a list of resources used in this podcast here. On our website, you can also access for free webinars, med cases and e-learning modules.